Hello and welcome to the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. You are joined by your usual hosts here. We've got Ryan. Hello. We've got Tom. Hello. And we've got myself, Josh. How how are we all doing? Well, we'll start with Tom first of all. Doing all right, mate. Doing all right. I can't complain. Uh, it's Saturday morning when we are recording this, so mm-hmm. I've been up for a little bit of time, uh, unlike last week where I would not have been up at this time. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm pretty good. Uh, I've had a pretty busy week, and I'm I'm set for another busy week uh, mm-hmm. this week coming up. Uh, but we've got a lot of gaming stuff to talk about, so I'm not going to absorb too much of the time for a change. Mm. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Ryan, how's your week been? Uh, my week's been good. Uh, met up with Tom at the beginning of the week, uh, who uh, delivered a care package of uh, bits and bobs for uh, miniature painting and crafting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, some paints for my Rex figure, which came just after recording last week. I had some time off whilst uh, between uh, phases of jury duty this week, so I spent a bit of time priming and then decided to take the plunge and painted. Uh, yeah. He he's looking rough. I'm I'm not gonna lie, he looks a wee bit rough, but I'm proud of a first attempt. Yeah, exactly. This it's your first crack at it, so just yeah. keep practicing. Uh, what what did you paint exactly? Sorry. So I painted the uh, Star Wars Legion's clone commander Rex mm-hmm. figure. Uh, so it's just a bunch of white with yep. a little bit of black. Uh, I had mm-hmm. some silver left over from another project, uh, so I uh, used that to sort of like highlight his guns. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I'm I I can see uh, the the. I never really saw the drive to want to get better when I was doing it like 10 plus years ago. But then yeah. I'm starting to remember I didn't do all these things. I didn't prime the minis when I started painting them. I didn't oh. do this. Yeah. yeah. No, I was painting directly onto plastic. So it was like... Uh, um... That's one of those things that you, you'd never know unless mm-hmm. someone had specifically told you, no, dude, you gotta you got to prime your minis before you, yeah, you it, paint it them. Gi- it gives you a surface to, to actually have the paint stick and yeah. uh, it comes out a lot nicer than my, than my minis did. Uh, but yeah, I, I can see the, the the drive to improve and I've got like a sort of checklist of stuff that I need uh, since I've had a first crack at an actual uh, put together mini. Yeah. yeah oh, so excellent. I'm looking forward to giving that a try. Yeah. Oh well, I mean, I'm sure you'll you'll keep improving the more you get it, you do it. I really should just do more painting, but uh, but um, life and laziness finds a way. Yeah. Um, Speaking of your life, Josh, how is it? Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, grand, grand. I've had a good week. Uh, gaming wise, uh, we had our Star Wars game, which oh, right, uh, yeah. we introduced some new characters into that, and we've settled into a new base, and we're currently in the process of infiltrating. An Imperial uh, space station. Mm-hmm. So that's going well so far. The only other thing to note is um, we've talked about the crossover that we're doing in September, and my mini has arrived for it. Ooh. So yeah, I got Locag done by Hero Forge, mm-hmm. and I got uh, I went for the uh, pre-coloured 
plastic miniature just to see what that was like. So yeah. he arrived earlier this week. So um, how how do you think? Like I know you've seen him. I've seen uh, you've seen uh, all of our minis uh, on the images, and you've seen yeah. mine in the photos. How do you how do you feel seeing it in person? I think paint. It's gonna. It looks better if you paint it mm, for sure. Mm. Um, I I'm not unhappy with it though. Like I'm. I think like oh, it looks kind of cool, and I didn't have to paint him for it. Yeah. So if like. I think for certainly for people getting like a miniature for their RPG and they re, for one reason or another they don't want to paint the miniature, it's a perfectly reasonable way to go. It's it is more expensive, but it didn't feel like humongously more expensive. Yeah, well, it's there is the difference between um, getting a mini like from WizKids and painting it to look like your own character, and making your own character in the character creator and yeah. seeing it come to life in miniature for sure yeah um, for sure am i right in saying that everybody most people have said that they're getting a hero forge mini for the crossover yeah i'm quite happy with that to be honest because it means they all look similar which yeah it, my ocd a lot of good yeah i was gonna say that that's partly the reason why i was concerning or questioning it but i was like it'll be interesting to see everybody in in lineup in the some in the same format yeah, no, I think that's that's good. I I I don't really mind either way. Uh, I think the the painted Hero Forge minis look all right. The one thing I I do I've noticed from the ones that you guys have shown me, and it could just be the picture quality that mm. you said. You know, the colours look a little muted on them. Yeah, uh, they yeah, look a, look I, I a little agree. bit washed out. Yeah, yeah, um, they, they still look good. You know, they're, they're still better than um, you know having to paint it yourself if you can't be asked or you're not particularly experienced at painting or you don't want to invest in all mm -hmm. the stuff to actually do it. Um, mm -hmm. I, I don't think there's any supplement for painting your own character or having a painted model, mm -hmm. like, properly done. Um, but I do think, you know, they are a good... They're a means to an end, and they're a good yeah. means to an end. And, you know, they, they're decent. I think, so, tellingly, I, I don't think I would do it again. That is understandable. I, I have done it twice, one for another character that uh, I got as a birthday gift, and this one for Vic, because I didn't want to, like have to transport them to other people to get them painted for this. Yeah. Uh, I would say if you are getting a Hero Forge 3D print and 3D print color mini, choose colors that are a little bit darker than what you're intending. Because mm -hmm. that might help uh, yeah. with the sort of washout you get as part of the the the, the printing um, process. Yeah. The, the other thing I want to try from them is doing the 2D standees mm. as well, because I think they, they, in principle, they do look neat. But again, it's like, I have no idea how how well it looks when executed. Yeah, that'd be interesting to see what they look like. Mm. And I know there's a, a few companies do like 2D, those type of standees for the acrylic like, uh, 2Ds, monsters yeah. and everything. So, you know, that again, OCD wise, kind of nice to have it all looking in the same same sort I, of style. I don't know what you're talking about, Josh. I want my monsters be, to be represented by shiny stones, bottle caps, and yeah. a D4. <laughs> and on the subject of uh, monsters, actually, sorry to talk over you, Josh. No, it's um, all right. I am having an absolute nightmare trying to get minis for the crossover. I've mentioned this to you guys yeah. in the chat. I thought getting steampunk minis would be so easy. I was like, there's going to be an abundance of these things. There is not an abundance of yeah. these things. Like, unless you're in the US, 
uh, where you can get, you know, stuff from Etsy uh, mm-hmm. really cheap. Um, but over here, like if you're ordering a mini off Etsy, you're paying three times the cost of the mini on postage. Just yeah. to, you know, you're getting a five pound mini and it's costing you like upwards of 20 quid for, for posting in some instances. So I've been kind of furiously going through different uh, retailers and different game systems, trying to find sort of appropriate steampunk minis for, for what I want to do with the crossover, mm-hmm. which is proving worryingly challenging, to be fair. So I'm hoping, I'm going to hope that I find something, I have a breakthrough in the case. Have uh, you, did you try looking for STL files to get 3D printed? I've not started looking into STL files yet mm-hmm. because as much as I'm, I, I appreciate the value of 3D printing, I don't really know anyone who's got a 3D printer that's good enough to do miniatures justice, mm. like like normal size minis. Like if you if you're 3D printing terrain or like larger minis, you usually get away with it. But unless mm. you have a very very high quality 3D printer on the smaller minis, it tends to kind of blur out pretty much any kind of level of detail. You just end up with sort of a silhouette yeah. of a of a character, which I will do if I have to, but it's really a last resort. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, alternative, I think someone did suggest this, so I'm stealing someone else's pattern, but I don't care. Um, get regular fantasy minis and just like glue loads of watch gears and top hats to them, and then was, your steampunk. Uh, Scott's suggestion, just <laughs> yeah. to give him his credits. Yeah. Stop, Good. <laughs> uh, I guess it's nice to meet you, Sir Bugbear. Grr. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, like, it, were it that simple, uh, as, as much as you can meme on that, and uh, that would be great, I have a very specific idea of sort of what I want, and I'm, I'm being flexible with that because mm-hmm. uh, I appreciate, you know, if you're buying minis off the shelf, you'll never get exactly what you're after. Yeah. yeah. Um, I literally have sitting behind me the only mini so far I've been able to get uh, that represents one of the things that I need, and I showed you the back of that on on things, so you guys can't see it because I was yeah. spoiling it. Damn, curses. Yeah, we'll get him next time, Josh. Yeah, yeah, I'll just raid his house. Um... <laughs> Please don't. Uh, yeah. Um... Oh no! Now I have to call the police. <laughs> so hopefully, um, in the next couple of weeks, I'll be doing a bit more investigation on that, and I'll I'll be able to dig something up. Otherwise. There may be some rewrites in my future, or there may be some conversions, or you guys might be getting some coins and tokens. For, I'm looking uh, forward to fighting a bottle cap. Don't worry about it. Representatives, if uh, worst comes to worst, but hopefully it won't. No, yeah. no worries. Um, rightio. Well, um, the other thing that is going on in the world of tabletop as we record this is, of course, YenCon. Um, one of the biggest, if not the biggest... Uh, convention in uh, in the world. I would say gaming. arguably the the biggest. Yeah, I do, I, can, I never know if Essen's bigger. Mm. I, I think Essen's bigger, but Essen does toys as well. So, where, whereas Gen Con is specifically nerd stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, it'll I'll, be interesting I'll, to see the the numbers pulled down from. Both. I think I think Tom might be furiously googling the numbers as we speak. Yeah, he, uh, we, we've got the nod from Tom. He's muted himself so that we don't get a, a load of uh, AS, uh, like, a, ASMR uh, keyboard typing. So 
from my <laughs> very quick Google foo, mm -hmm. uh, it is suggested that Gen Con sees foot traffic of 160,000, mm -hmm. whereas Essen sees 120,000. Ah. Not much in it. Now, this, no, is, this is literally a very quick Google, so take that with uh, a pinch of salt, but that suggests that Gen Con is slightly bigger. Hmm. Right, yeah. So, the biggest, according to Tom, the biggest Trademark. gaming convention yep. in the world. This is a hill I will now die on, apparently. <laughs> Here's your flag. Um, so, oh, oh the, sorry. I think also, like, Gen Con does, I don't know if Essen does this, but Gen Con does, um, like, Gen Con online, so you have mm. your Twitch streams and so on for releases and things. Yeah, which um, is really handy. I think they introduced... I mean, they, they did online coverage prior to COVID, but I think that that became a necessity because yeah. of uh, because of the pandemic. So it's great to see that. For us who cannot get uh, plane tickets over to um, o over to the Midwest of the, uh, America, um, our friend uh, Dave from Tabletop Scotland is over there currently, Ooh. and I've been following him on Facebook as to his adventures. It's been a lot of coffee cups so far. Uh, one thing I did clock that he has purchased, though, is the new Dungeons & Dragons starter set. So have you guys had a chance to look at that at all? I didn't no. even know there was a new one. Yeah, so it's only really just uh, come out um, this year. It's been available in Target over the United States exclusively. Um but it will get a worldwide release. I think it's 4th of October. Um, Content-wise, I'm told it's pretty much identical to the existing starter set, except there's a different adventure written for it called The uh, Dragons of Stormwreck Isle. Yeah. So we're no longer in Phandalin. We're in a different location. And presumably, you get to actually fight a dragon rather than interact with one <laughs> so i'm looking at the artwork for the the front of the box just now not only mm. is there a dragon it's a blue dragon but yeah. there is the acrobat and the archer uh from the D D 80s cartoon on the front that's, oh, that's cool i like that uh, that's and one nice of the touch. insides of the splat pages looks to be uh the cavalier the cowardly cavalier uh ah. and a girl who i don't recognize from the original uh 80s cartoon um yeah no know, it, i've it, never i've never watched that cartoon i had a lot of free times in the evenings on uh when i was a kid and fox kids was uh ah. uh repository should we say for uh <laughs> old 80s stuff genuinely quite disgusted that you've never seen it josh are you yeah is this the Classic. worst thing you've ever heard about me? I mean, it's up there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a classic cartoon. I mean, I, it hasn't aged particularly well, but then again, most of the stuff from that era hasn't aged particularly well. Mm -hmm. uh, I've, but I've it is a, really good. I've got a feeling if I tried to watch it, I'd have a similar reaction I had to watching, like you say, most other 80s cartoons. And like, Kid Josh probably would have loved this, but Adult Josh is bored already. Mm -hmm. like, or adult Josh can't keep up, like because I I watched like uh, clips of old shows that I vaguely remember seeing, and it was like moving way too quickly for my uh, 
ADHD riddled adult brain to, catch, <laughs> to, keep, to keep track of. That doesn't really bother me with them. The things I struggle with 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 older shows is the animation. Like it's mm, the yeah. the animation quality is so variable between shows. Like I tried to rewatch. So you guys probably know, and I won't go off on too much of a tangent. But they're <laughs> they're releasing uh, the old X Men cartoon is getting yeah. a, a reboot, right? Like yeah. kind of continuing it. Mm. So I I went to try and actually watch the original X Men cartoon, and it's like the animation I remember being very good. For its time, yeah. But now when I'm watching it, I'm like, man, this is not easy to watch. Like, this is this is rough. I mean, so static in in places. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, like the majority of those '80s and '90s kids' cartoons, they weren't pro, they weren't made as programs. They were made as glorified commercials. Yeah. So, yeah, obviously they didn't invest an awful lot in the animation quality. The one that always sticks out to me is the spider-man cartoon from that era uh radioactive spider-man um where it was all mostly voiceover with the occasional like active shot of somebody talking yeah (laughs) like in back then i was like these are fully realized people these are uh, that is a man who has been bit by a spider i believe this yes uh and and now it's just like these are just still images being slid across uh, New York Manhattan <laughs> skyline. They're not. They're not quite still, but you're not no, far but wrong. There's the, not a lot yeah. of animation in it. But in its defense, the opening credit sequence is sick. So mm-hmm. you've got mm-hmm. to give it that at least. Like that was like really early, like attempts at using computer animation as well. In that, mm-hmm. that was like yeah. you know on on the sort of level of reboot. Um, you know, oh, early computer animation. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Dungeons and Dragons new starter set. Yes. Worldwide release in October. <laughs> Check it out. Uh, we'll uh, report back on it when I have a chat with Dave and see how he, he what he thinks of it. Hmm. Um, did did you guys spot anything else from Gen Con worthy of note? So on the the subject of Dungeons and Dragons, mm-hmm. uh, while we're there, so Avalon Hill uh, are showcasing uh, a game at Gen Con called Dungeons and Dragons the Yawning Portal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they've teased this has been teased before, so it's not the first time we've seen this, but it's a strategy board game uh set in the world of Dungeons and Dragons. The Yawning Portal, in case you don't know, is quite a famous tavern in the Forgotten yeah. Realms. Uh, it has its own set of uh, modules as well. Um it's a hub of adventurers uh and it doesn't. I don't have a lot of information about what the game's about, uh, but it certainly looks very colourful. There's lots of uh, red and yellow and green and uh, blue pieces, mm-hmm. and like little crystals and gems. Uh, and it looks like you have patrons of, of some sort. So that might be quite, quite interesting. Uh, see what that's like. Some of the standalone Dungeons and Dragons games uh, are quite good. Some of them are not quite as good. There's a bit of a yeah. your mileage tends to vary on them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I'm always interested to see more D and D stuff. That's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent. The, oh, sorry, Ryan. Did you uh, did you have something that caught your eye? Um, I did say before we started recording, but there was a table uh, revealing the Goof Troop, or sorry, the Goofy movie board game, where they had the voice actors of both Max and Goofy uh, along to play it. 
nice. so just out of like sheer novelty that kind of caught my eye I've, I've no idea how the game plays but i'm just like oh that's cool <laughs> who is making it uh oh i will get back to you on that give me one second yeah I mean, this is a step closer to my dream being realized of like a Disney Hour uh, RPG system, um, which, yeah, to- Tom has successfully ran a <laughs> game set in the DuckTales universe. So, yep, under it, duress. It, it can be done. It can. It wasn't done under duress. Come on. <laughs> I, I apologize. Under obligation. There we go. <laughs> So it is uh, Funko Games who are uh, doing this, obviously Guys, in association with this. Uh, it is Funko, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's a, it's a gaming branch of Funko Pops. Um, I had so, no idea they did things that weren't Funko Pops. Yeah, so they, it's weird actually. It kind of branched off of Funko Pops. They started releasing this. This is going back a while now, mm-hmm. but they started releasing games where the playing pieces are like little Funkos. Yeah, no, I remember that. Characters are, mm-hmm. and it seems to have just sort of it just seems to have continued to to grow. There we are. Until they get a Disney license, excellent. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I mean, they've had Disney for a while, to be fair. So with all, they've with had, their Funko they've Pops, had, like, yeah. all the licenses, Funko Pops. Do you know what they don't have the license to? Mm-hmm. The Final Fantasy stuff. Oh. Interestingly, yes. Yeah. I've always noticed that because I always keep an eye out for Final Fantasy Funko Pops and they don't exist. They, they, get, they got Kingdom Hearts, which is mm-hmm. tangentially yeah. related, but no uh, okay, Final so Fantasy. I wonder what, why that is. What is your, out of all the cast of Final Fantasy, what is your chase one what would what would make you go out and buy a final fantasy funko pop uh, there's loads to be honest i would i would probably grab a cloud or a squall one if mm. uh if i could uh an advent children cloud would be awesome uh mm. i'd even take a kingdom hearts cloud uh at a, at a stretch <laughs> i would actually go i would actually say kingdom hearts cloud over uh advent be, because uh, i'm a fucking edge lord yeah heart. i was gonna say kingdom hearts cloud is so like Late nineties, early noughties, edge lord, like just weeby mm. bullshit. <laughs> no offense, right? <laughs> no, I am. I'm absolutely not offended that you just called my taste weeby bullshit. It's absolutely fine. <laughs> uh, Stand by it. No, I think for me it is a weird one, but it's probably like Locke from Final Fantasy Four. Mm. Um, yeah. I know who Cloud is. Awesome for that. <laughs> Proud well of you, mate. Proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> Did you never play the Final Fantasy games? Crazy? Never. Wow. To, a... be, to be fair, I think I'm in a similar position as Josh. I didn't play them when I was a kid. I came into them later. Great right. monsters. Absolute savages. I was playing Nintendo games. Well, I know, and I know that they were originally on the NES and the, the Super Nintendo, but mm-hmm. um, I had an N64 rather than a PlayStation. And I was too busy playing Ocarina of Time and Mario 64. I had a Mega Drive into an N64, so I'm a similar position. But I started on Shining Force, which is close enough to count. It's a, fan- it's a fantasy tactics game. I'm going gonna, I'm yeah. gonna to count that. Good God. Uh, speaking <laughs> Tom of... continues to look disgusted in us. but I do. Yeah. I speaking do. of fantasy games, uh, HeroQuest is getting uh, some uh, expansions announced. Yeah, yeah. Which, what what's what's been announced for Hero Quest? Uh, so apparently there is the uh, the rogue heir of Elthorn, the uh, frozen horror, mm-hmm. Keller's Keep, 
Uh, oh, actually, no, Kellis keeps out already. Uh, but the um, apparently they're making, they're actually still making Hero Quest and making expansions for it because they have had uh, Kellis Keep recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Return of the Witch Lord uh, is a is a re-release as well. I think of an old expansion mm-hmm. from the original set. Um, they've yeah, also it's... announced uh, the Mage of the Mirror quest pack as well. Yes, uh, that's another. Uh, apparently, it's a fan favorite from the original set, which I thought I, I actually thought it was new content until mm. I looked into it. But no, it is a it is a, a sort of a reprint, a re-release, which is weird because I don't remember Hero Quest having that many expansions. <laughs> but they I um, didn't either. Um, yeah, I I was aware of two of the expansions as a kid because I actually yeah. had. And I wish I wish we kept hold of it, the mm-hmm. original Hero Quest, but it so, would not be in good nick though. I can no. tell you that. Well, I will say the I'm looking at the images of the new Hero Quest system, and they look a lot better than the minis of old. Like the detail oh, these yeah. are actually striking. Uh, the heir of Elathorn is a rogue class upgrade ah. so instead of just barbarian sorry human fighter dwarf elf and wizard mm-hmm. you have now got a rogue uh, and you've got two a choice of two minis male and female with mm-hmm. different card packs or i think they're the same cards but with different art yeah. in the same box that's cool yeah i like that touch um so I, I i get so tempted to pick it up but i i do not need more miniatures to sit unpainted yeah no, the, the the problem with that is like, I've still got Blackstone Fortress sitting gathering dust. Like I've got all the Blackstone Fortress stuff, mm-hmm. but one small expansion, and it just gathers dust in my cupboard because trying to get people together to to play that kind of stuff, especially after COVID, kind of knocked everybody off kilter for actually doing social gatherings. Mm. It's an absolute nightmare. You know, you could maybe rope one person in, but then trying to get them like regular. Is, yeah. is a nightmare. You know, it's, it's a luxury to have a an in person gaming group. I think, which is a shame, but it is mm-hmm. it's the reality. Um, there is uh, the third edition of Betrayal has had a new edition as well. Uh, yes, with the Werewolf's Journey, uh, Blood on the Moon. Uh, so this, uh, according to the uh, Hasbro Pulse website, is an expansion that allows players to choose an additional character at the beginning of the game. Choose from an additional character. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarah may look like your typical teenager, but that will all change in the most dreadful and terrifying ways she transforms into a feral werewolf when the haunt occurs. Hey, excellent. So that, that's just what you need uh, in Betrayal, uh, on top of you know the poltergeist trying to throw you out the window, yeah. is uh, your best mate being a werewolf. And it would add an interesting level of difficulty to the proceedings, certainly. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I've, I've mentioned this on previous episodes. I do like Betrayal. I have mixed feelings about it mm-hmm. uh, because of its production value on the earlier editions. Mm. Um, but it, it is a game I, I have had some yeah. fun playing. Um, I, <laughs> I'll never forget the game of it I played where one guy just stockpiled like everything. He just seemed mm-hmm. to get all the all the buffs, all the resources, and we were just sort of carrying his bags around. And then the horn kicked off and he turned into a vampire and I just just massacred everyone in a, in a matter of turns. And we were like, well, that was a fun game. <laughs> Thanks for that. Uh, I will say I've, I still hold the interest to play Legacy 
Yeah. Uh, yes. uh, House on the Hill. Uh, but sorry, Legacy Betrayal. But it's just the problem of like trying to get an organized group together who have time to play that. Yeah, and not turn it into like an, a monthly. Uh, re- it, would, it would be good as a monthly thing because you can just like play one copy of the you know play a game, mm-hmm. take your notes, confirm like take notes of what's happened to your character's bloodline throughout all this nonsense. Mm-hmm. That's that's the big thing with the legacy games. We, we were talking about this before we started recording because mm-hmm. Risk have got a, a new game coming out, and we were talking about their their legacy game as well. They're they're a great idea, and I think if you are like if you live around people that play board games or you regularly attend a club that are, mm-hmm. are involved in board games or you have a family that are very into board games, they're, mm-hmm. they're fantastic. They're such a great thing. But if you're a bunch of disparate people scattered across, you know, a country, mm-hmm. uh, they're, they're not as convenient to be no. fair. No, the only way you could, you know, feasibly play it is via Tabletop Simulator. And we all know how some of us feel about tabletop simulator. Yeah, also not entirely legitimate. <laughs> well, no, you can buy legitimate uh, yeah. mods for it. on some, on not some, on some. Not, no, what, yeah. you, what you just need to do is somebody buy the physical copy, and you're legally, you're morally okay. Legally, maybe not, but yeah. morally. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say you play real fast and loose there with that, but yeah, morally yeah. it's better. Legally, that's still tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I mean, there is actually not to get too off topic. There is a whole debate about the legality of having PDFs for things that you own physical copies for, um, mm-hmm. as long as you're not obviously distributing them. Things, there, yeah, there is kind of the argument that that is semi-legal. Just another method of storage, uh, but I can see like how distribution would be a concern at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. We do have one other thing to talk about from Gen Con, unless uh, unless you guys uh, have anything else. Uh, it is Cubicle Seven have announced a new uh, RPG set in the Warhammer uh, the Warhammer Forty Thousand universe. Mm-hmm. It is called uh, Warhammer Forty Thousand Imperium Maledictum, and uh, basically you're playing uh, Ryan. You you use the coined a great phrase street level. Uh, humans within the Imperium of Man uh, in this game. I'm going to quote directly from creative director Emmett Byrne, uh, comparing it to their previous game, Wrath and Glory. So with Wrath and Glory, you're more action-focused. You're playing archetypes and units from the tabletop. Imperium Maledictum is about being much more lower-level investigators trying to work against or within the mechanisms of the Imperium. Uh, it looks like it's going to be D100 based, um, so I'm assuming... I never played any of the Warhammer 40k RPGs, but I'm assuming it's going to play out similar to Warhammer Fantasy in terms mm-hmm. of the mechanics for that, with that being uh, D100 based as well. What, what are our thoughts on this? Well, I don't really have much in the way of... Uh, I was going to say thoughts in general, but uh, thoughts about... Um, not you know i all being a tertiary fan all i really see are the battlefield mm. pro, uh, point of view so um the idea of like talking you know uh, the idea of being a person on a planet that is under the rule of the imperium is interesting uh but it would be it would be it would be i think i would be more intrigued if i knew what life was like as a member of the imperium 
as a citizen of the Imperium, uh, yeah. I think Tom can confirm this. Life is not good. <laughs> you know, it's not a great society to be a part of, uh, for the most part. You're you're kind of under a very uh, zealous uh, government and uh, threatened by, you know, hosts of uh, dangerous uh, Xenos creatures and uh, chaos and... It's just not good. It's not great. Uh, yes. It's actually it's it's a really fun setting. So I have played quite a few role playing games in in the forty k universe, and mm-hmm. I've I've run a couple as well. Historically, I ran some of Dark Heresy. Um, I've played a bit of Rogue Trader, um, and I've dabbled with a few of the others. Um, mm-hmm. And they are there. There's a lot of fun to be had uh, if if you like dark settings. Um, it's one of these. It's a weird one because, as much as it's quite a dark setting, it tends to invoke quite a bit of comedy as well um, because of the the dark tone. Yeah. Uh, so they they can be quite fun. Um, it's that whole thing that Sam, you know, the film director Sam Raimi talks about is that there's a very very fine line between comedy and horror. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I can imagine like some of the utterly. If you were the actual character in that situation, the horrific <laughs> uh, moment. But as observers, it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's it's good that Cubicle Seven are doing stuff with the license. So they do. They've done like uh, the Age of Sigmar role play as well, mm-hmm. uh, and they do they do the fourth edition of Warhammer Fantasy, which, funnily enough, Ryan and I are actually playing in. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. At the moment, we're playing in. A friend of, of mine runs a game on Saturday nights for yeah. that. Which has been uh, mental. Uh, yeah. We've it's had been... like the most horrific 24 hours you could ever possibly have. Yeah, like our employer got killed, then our other employer got robbed so we couldn't get paid. Uh, mm-hmm. We, Some of us almost died. Uh, and then we spent our night trying to be restful in an inn that had no less than four murders uh, or accidental deaths. Uh, in quick succession. Oh wow! Yeah, you're underselling that a little bit. So it it wasn't that our our employer, our second employer, got robbed. It was our second employer was responsible for killing the first employer. Ah, and uh, she got robbed. And she well. got robbed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we didn't even get paid for for most of the work we did. Uh, so the guy who's running it, uh, a friend of mine in Carlisle called Dan, uh, he's running a, a bunch of the the modules that exist, and he ran a, a very infamous one. So he ran two back to back and didn't allow like any break between it. Mm. So we had this adventure where we'd gone into this marsh and fought like a basilisk type creature. Uh, and as, as Ryan said, like two of our employees, like one died, one was robbed. And then he put us straight into another very infamous uh, module that's been around since like the first edition of Warhammer right. Fantasy called uh, Rough Night of Three Feathers, which is basically, it's a really simple premise. You're spending the night in an inn, but there are a multitude of subplots and people pretending to be things they're not. Mm. Uh, it's very much like kind of a murder on the Nile style situation, right. but in a in an inn. So we were just getting progressive. We were all exhausted from like our day in the marsh dealing with the basilisk and, and employers dying. Mm-hmm. And then we're in this inn where things just keep going wrong and keep snowballing and we're getting more and more frustrated with all these different twists and turns that we're getting hit with. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but it was super, uh, super chaotic, and I'm, I'm actually hoping whatever Dan's got in store for us tonight is a little less uh, mentally taxing than uh, <laughs> four or five subplots on the go at once. Yeah. 
Um, I I will say that I can see where the uh, the the dark uh, can croach into humor because we you know I I honestly think we had uh, we were laughing a lot during the uh, the escapades that were happening, but I think it was mostly for us trying to put on a brave face <laughs> in this in, that, yeah. in this situation. A lot it's... of gallows humor. Yeah, I mean, our, our Saturday night game's always been a bit tongue-in-cheek. When I was GMing it, it was kind of uh, a bit less serious. And then uh, this is this has just been a riot. Like, there was, I can't remember if it was the last session or the session before, I couldn't breathe at one point because I was just laughing so hard at some of the ridiculous situations we were having to deal with and <laughs> stories we were telling. And, oh, my, yeah. it was, it's really good fun. Um, yeah. I yes. honestly think I was about to die from, like, unable to, like, that sort of, like, chest compression stomach hurting unable to get a breath in laugh yeah. I can't, the thing is I can't even remember what we were laughing about no. now uh, so I can't even tell you like the, the, the story behind it not that I think it would be appropriate for the, the podcast even if I could um, I, I I do I think I remember it and it is inappropriate for podcasts so we'll talk about yeah. it after Okay. Um, yeah. but yeah so, so to get back on, on track um, I'm happy for Cubicle 7 to be doing uh, some more 40k content and we'll see what it's like when it drops yeah mm. absolutely and uh just before we wrap up obviously um we'll keep you posted about gen con uh, we're recording this on the saturday morning so we've got uh, another couple of days of the convention to go so if there are any uh, notable announcements we'll make sure that we talk about them in next week's episode but I think on that note, that is all we've got time for. So, as always, thank you very much for listening. And until next time, take care. Bye. 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 Bye.